Hey, hey D&D, D&D fam. fam! I'm Quick. And I'm Lee. And you're listening to Divas and Duckets. So what is a diva? I think divas get a bad rep. But to me, diva is all about the attitude. As for Duckets, it's your finances, your assets, Skrilla, Guap, your coin. We're talking all things with the potential to affect your pockets. And while we're attorneys by trade, we are divas by choice. Divas and Duckets is for entertainment purposes. Y'all, we are not Series 511 <laughs> or 703 professionals. This does not create a financial advisor nope, nope. or attorney-client relationship. The views expressed here are solely our opinions and the opinions of our guests. It's just our opinions, y'all. Okay, Divas, let's talk Duckets. All right. Welcome back, D&D fam. We hope you are well. Um, And today we are going to get into soft life. You know, it's very popular. Everyone is talking about it. You see it everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we're going to get into that, what it is, what it ain't, um, and how you can try to build a soft life around your money, your honey. Okay, one of you. Um, if you're watching, make sure you click the bell below and make sure you are going to divasandduckets.com and subscribing. Um, because anything we're doing, you can find it there and you'll get little ticklers. For sure, for sure, for sure. So let's get into the soft life because I have been talking to quite a bit of people and mm-hmm. it seems like twenty twenty two has been hard for a lot of people. A lot of people. I know for me I had Several deaths back to back that I dealt with. Like it felt like a complete repeat of 2012, which was one of the hardest years of my life. It was just like, yeah, okay, 10 years later, here we go again, you know. So I think, you know, talking about the soft life is just a, like perfect timing almost, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe some of that is like last year, it felt like whether that's good or bad, I don't know. But last year still felt like we were in a lot of like. COVID protocol yeah. and this year a lot of that stuff Even started the, to like yeah. lift you know you got return to office you're able to kind of travel just about anywhere and I think trying to like trying to act normal mm-hmm. even though you still could get obviously it's still there like trying to get your bearings around mm-hmm. all that and transition and get your kids situated and all of that has been a lot this year yeah. right um, and so <sighs> You know, we see everywhere people talking about soft life. Mm-hmm. That's become a new, like, buzzword, right? And so how how are we defining soft life? When, when they say soft life, what do people mean? So I'll give you the Urban Dictionary's definition of it, right? So mm-hmm. the soft life, it says, it's basically where you make decisions that leave you feeling stress-free and vibrating higher. It is less about wealth and more about making good choices. Um, another definition says that it's the act of simply living a life with less stress, worry and concern you make better decisions that benefit your overall well-being you don't prioritize fitting in mm-hmm. following trends which soft life kind of is a trend in and of itself right um and just you know you're here to fulfill your divine purpose so okay. um you know for me it's i think you often hear soft life in terms of career mm-hmm. but i do like the or you know that definition that it's more so like your overall well-being and mm-hmm. not just work but it's certainly for me um you know I, I think huge focus of it should should be part of your career okay so when we say soft life in our career mm-hmm. what does that look like to you or what do you feel like 
will promote that? Um, so for me, I think it's, you know, kind of the work-life balance. Mm-hmm. Um, and then prioritizing like your health mm-hmm. um, because I often, you know, it's, it's like a reality. Like if you give your all and give everything to a job, um, whether it's a nine to five, even to your, if you have a, your own business, you know, and you drop dead, unfortunately, heart attack, stress, yeah. like all of that, you drop sick and, you know, you can't come back to work. Like they'll have you replaced within a week or two. You know, yeah. they'll probably be interviewing within mm-hmm. three days, 72 mm-hmm. hours, you know. For sure. um, yeah. So I think, you know, soft life is like prioritizing your health and your well-being and still be able to do your job. Right. But making sure that you're, yourself is, is, is a priority. Right. And not yeah. trying to give everything you got to that nine to five. Right. And I think, you know, you and I talked about um, just folks we both know or you know people you know that some of us and I think some of that is like embedded in us unfortunately like I think growing up we hear you have to work twice as hard Mm -hmm. to get half as far Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. I think very early on you're taught to work hard try to outwork people try to go above and beyond all of that right and so I think you know both of us know folks who almost it it almost seems like they're addicted to like the constant hustle and bustle I'm doing this I'm doing this I'm doing this and so like when I think to an extent of soft life I think to some extent, it looks like some people are almost quiet quitting. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if they're not in that situation, they're not being rewarded for all of that hustle, hustle, hustle. If they feel maybe that, um, you know, come review time or whatever, that isn't turning, things aren't coming into fruition the way that they foresaw it, mm-hmm. you know, then maybe it is taking a step back. And by quiet quitting, I more so mean like, just the practice of, I mean, for, for lack of better words, doing the bare, you, I'm just doing my job. Mm. I'm not doing anything more. I'm not doing anything less. This is my job, and I'm coming in at 9, and I'm leaving about 5, 530, and that's going to be that. <laughs> so okay. I think of it that way, too. Like, maybe for those types, for some people, it's like scaling back. Okay, so for people that haven't heard the term, it's not actually like going in and quitting your job. No, okay. no, no. It's quiet <laughs> quitting. It's not saying, right, like, right. you know what? screw this job (laughs) let me pass my notice it's actually like i am still on this job because let's be real most of us are not in a position where if we lost our job today we would be Mm -hmm. good for months Mm -hmm. on end Mm -hmm. most of us just aren't especially the economy we're in inflation um right girl i just got some lotion the other day was nine dollars i don't understand i went and got some heavy cream to Mm. make some eggs it was six dollars for some Cream. Mm-hmm. A dozen <laughs> eggs was eight. Right. And I'm just when the like, eggs go from $99 to $1. Eight So it's ridiculous. Right. It's, it's, it's so And ridiculous. we've been over the numbers. Most of us do not earn six figures. So, you know, things are, prices going up, wages are not. And so yeah. because of that, most of us are in the position where we need our jobs. Mm-hmm. Let's just keep it real. Mm-hmm. And so quiet quitting is I'm still going to show up and I'm still going to do my job because I need my check every week, month, however often they get paid. But I'm not going to I'm not going to stretch myself right. going above and beyond what's in this description and what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. And I think it hits like more so because I think that's to me it seems like that's always been kind of like the millennial attitude. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're like 
they prioritize themselves a mm-hmm. lot more than you know some of the older generation that stay on the jobs 20 30 years mm-hmm. and try to kind of grow it now of course they have pensions and other benefits for doing yeah. that but um it just made me think of this um ig uh guy his name is um i am i'm dr dre dr dre brown mm-hmm. and he talks he like brings up these like he'll be like you know so what are the, what are the job requirements mm-hmm. or he was like no 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 you didn't you didn't hire me for that i'm not doing that you know <laughs> uh, or he'll talk about like you know the zoom calls and of course you know you see a lot of people on the videos like mm-hmm. Oh no! You didn't hire me to be playing play on the video. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll join this meeting, but I'm not turning my camera on. I wasn't hired for that. So he it. talks a, about a lot of like in a funny way, but putting those boundaries and barriers on, mm-hmm. you know, with doing that. Now, of course, because of what he does, he was able to loudly quit. <laughs> not quite, well, quit, you know what I'm saying? Right. But um, it was funny because he said he got a lot of backlash from his corporate job. <laughs> <laughs> because of what he was telling other people to do. So uh, it was like they didn't really like the idea of people setting boundaries. You know, as a corporation, like, mm-hmm. no, we don't like you. So we, we need you to be willing to work overtime all the time mm-hmm. and, you know, work the weekends and all of those things. So I just thought that was really interesting. Yeah, I think it's a very – and I so as a millennial, I don't know much enough about Gen Z to say – one way or the other. Okay. Um, I think anyway, anytime you have the generation behind you that's now grown, of course you see things that you like, and then there's things that you kind of admire. So for me, I know as a millennial, we were looked at like, y'all just lazy, y'all ain't trying to work. Like, we were. <laughs> like, we were looked at like, you know, we're different. Right. Than, oh, yeah, yeah. Because most of our parents are boomers. So, right. of course, we are much they different. They loyal. But also, you know, the difference is my generation, we have now seen two, almost three economic downturns. So it's like, look, <laughs> things are different. Right. And one thing my dad said it's kind of funny he was just talking to me he was like you know y'all don't stay with a company more than about three to five years like if you're not <laughs> if you're not seeing that growth or whatever it is you try to do y'all y'all keep it pushing yeah, yeah. but he also you know pointed out or he also took in the fact that he was saying a lot of companies don't take care of their people as much as his generation mm-hmm. so there may not depending on what you value there may not be as much value depending on the person in what does it mean that I've been here 15, 20 years? Right. What do I feel that I'm getting in that situation? Because to your point, if I drop dead tomorrow, I'm going to be replaced right. within a couple of weeks. Right. It's not like I'm indispensable. Yeah. So I think millennials, for the most part, have kind of taken that attitude. I know that I am or these this company might view me as replaceable. Mm. So let me get in where I fit in yeah. and let me make it work for me. And I think that, like you said, the benefits are a large part of it because the the thing, like when our parents retired, they could retire. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like so still but, get a nice but, little check right. and your social security. Right. right. Some of us still have to retire at 60 and still pick up another job. If mm-hmm. we don't, you know, like we have to like actively yeah. save and actively put in all this money where, like you said, a lot of jobs right then because you were on here five or 10 years, they were, Mm-hmm. Making sure that you kind of were taken care of yeah. through your loyalty. You know, they rewarded loyalty. But now it's just like... Yeah, it's different. You know, especially with ageism. It's like, I mean, yeah. we we can replace you with the younger, right. the more Don't technology inclined and more, all of those things. more expensive. Right. Um, but what I have noticed about Gen Z that I do um, enjoy, um, at least to some extent, is I feel like Gen Z does a better job of taking care of their mental health and acknowledging mm-hmm. the need for mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I do think a lot of us overuse mental health terms. 
Okay. Not my ministry, so I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it there. But okay. I do feel like there's some some buzzwords that are overused. Like because some things are like diagnosis. Like right, if you don't right. have a diagnosis, right. I just feel like like everyone is not a narcissist. Just saying. Right. Everyone does not have anxiety. I think the the other ones that's going around is like to- toxic masculinity, toxic femininity. It's just like every just because somebody piss you off don't mean you know. Yeah, so I feel like we have to be careful yeah. with our words because yeah, yeah, yeah. words mean yeah. things. Yeah. Literally, they have a whole DM whatever it's called mm-hmm. to like diagnose things. But you know, I do admire that they have those things and they even sit out time at work. Like we're gonna have meditation and we're gonna have this room where you can go if you need to get yourself together. Yeah. It's like, this is nice. It made that made me think about when we went to Spain, though. Like, remember mm-hmm. when they like they literally shut it down for a certain they block out times, and we were on the street and it was empty. Like the businesses, yes, shut down. Mm-hmm. People went home. They took the siestas. Yes, and I was like, wow, like <laughs> across the whole city, like that's just mm-hmm. prioritized, you mm-hmm. know. But you know, Europe, America, but that is a softer life. Yeah, like, listen, is. y'all might not eat dinner about eight, nine o'clock, right? But y'all from two to five, yeah, gone and do what you're gonna do, yeah. and we'll regroup if we need to and go about your day. So I think. That is also an example of like that workspace of trying to, to your point, balance it out. Like still, of course, do your job. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, like you said, like you have a life outside of that and you need to be able to enjoy the ducats that you do earn. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? And I think, uh, honestly, a, a part of soft life that people don't talk about mm-hmm. is making sure your 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 ducats are in a row. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Because people often want to talk about like the traveling part of it mm-hmm. and a lot of soft life requires you spending money. You know, if you want to get the things, get the things. If you want to travel, <laughs> you know, travel. But all mm-hmm. of that comes with making sure that your ducats are in order because I don't care how much you're traveling. If you're not doing it on, you know, traveling for free in that episode we did with points yeah. or, you know, you, you, you haven't saved up for that, that causes a harder life. Mm-hmm. That stress is, you know, that's sure you're traveling to the beautiful and whatever, posting your pictures, but you're coming back and then you're stressed because your money isn't in order. Yeah. So I think a part of creating that softer life, like you was, like we were talking about, like creating that nest because mm-hmm. the corporations aren't necessarily going to do it, but making sure that you're budgeting and getting those things in a row so that you can, if you if you need it to relax that you could relax you know yeah. and again we always have the outlayers of it doesn't matter like you said with inflation and you mm-hmm. know we realize that right now even if you're making forty thousand dollars which is what i was making when i was able to pay off my debt mm-hmm. these that is a struggle you yeah. know what I'm saying? like that's it's hard that yeah. is hard so we you know i did definitely realize that there's some that it don't matter how much you say you definitely need a, a double income or two mm-hmm. parent household or two people living in the house yeah. just to be able to survive, you know, yeah. a certain income. So, but for those that do have the extra and can, mm-hmm. you know, budget and, and focus on their, their monitor, I think that is a part of contributing to your soft life as well. It, you know, mm-hmm. really isn't addressing these memes and yeah, you know, things yeah, for sure. I think that you see the glam yeah. of soft life, but not, um, to your point, some steps you need to take to maybe make your life a little softer. Right. <laughs> um, and I definitely, you know, again, you know how I feel, payment plan it. Right. <laughs> to yeah. me, payment plan is attributing to soft life. I yeah. know, because listen, I'm going to book that trip, honey. But 
what I'm going to do is I paid my three twenty five mm-hmm. every month for five months, and now I'm going. Yeah. So then yeah. whatever money you spend, you know, on the trip, that's different in terms of like, okay, you might, you know, budget whatever, a couple hundred for your activities mm-hmm. and really not even your food if you're going somewhere all-inclusive. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think those are the kind of things you could do to kind of make, to your point, life easier and not have a ball and then come back and be like, oh, Lord, I got to figure out how to do him. You know, right, and and I mean, in 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 doing that, like you said, making the um, you know, making the payment plans, just having goals, like mm-hmm. a part of, like you said, part of soft life is being able to make that action plan. Yeah, you know, sitting down, being able to set actionable goals. You know, mm-hmm. we talk about smart goals. You talk about smart goals, smart all, goals. all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but having goals, I think you know, writing them down. They say that like that somehow gets into your mm-hmm. mind or seals it in your mind much more than just talking it out, you know, or just yeah. saying, I'm going to do these things. Writing it makes it three times to four times more likely just by writing it down, you know? So, yeah, just, you know, I think goal setting is a huge part of um, having smart, you know, some people need accountability partners, some mm-hmm. don't. If you're one of those people that don't, that's great. I mm-hmm. am, you know, mm-hmm. so... Um, you know, making sure that you have those people that will hold you accountable and mm-hmm. um, that you trust with that. So, so to that, I would say, like, <clears throat> yes, do it. Don't feel the need to make it some big event. Right. I mean, some people do vision boards, what have you. It's that that time right. where people assess their goals, but also. You can create a goal at any point of the mm-hmm. year. So don't feel like, oh, I got to put this pressure on or don't feel like you got to hit the gate out the gates running because that is part of what I think contributes to somewhat derailing your plans yeah. is not pacing yourself. So just like running like, OK, I hate running, but it does the body good. So, but what I noticed is, because one of the things that I've been trying to do um, in the little run club that I go to is, like, get my mile time down. Mm -hmm. And what happens sometimes, of course, when you're with a crowd, the adrenaline in and of itself, you're kind of running quicker than you would alone. Mm -hmm. Because alone, it's easier for you to be like, child, I'm just going to walk. Whereas when there's all these people, that's kind of already motivation Mm -hmm. to kind of keep up a pace or whatever. But what I notice is sometimes when you're not careful to pace yourself in that first mile, if you're doing two by the time that second one it comes, you've gassed yourself mm-hmm. and it's harder to keep whatever, if it's a 10-minute mile or whatever, it's harder to keep that 10-minute mile pace for mile two because not only you've been running already, so you're tired, right. and then you use more energy instead of like trying to equal it out. And then you mentally know that there's still a mile <laughs> behind it. That so, too. Yeah. So I think when we talk about goals, it's, it's the same kind of thought process for me. When you go into January, like, I'm just going to go cold turkey mm-hmm. and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. You tire yourself out in that first month or two and then, you know, March, April comes and you, you know, you're beating yourself up and right, then I didn't make right. it, I didn't do whatever. And so what I would say is almost make it like small chunks, right? So let's just take a goal of, <sighs> you got some debt. Let's say that you got $10,000 in debt. I, I like round numbers, you know, me and math. So... <laughs> Let's say you say, in 2023, I want to pay off my, at least half of my $10,000 in debt. Mm-hmm. Because again, to your point, I don't know how much you make. It might be difficult right. to pay, you know. So, at least five of that 10, you want to pay off in 2023. So, on an index card, kind of write that out. The big goal is, I want to pay off at least $5,000 in debt, right? 
And then what can you do in January to do that? Maybe it's January's task is I'm going to find the extra money. If there is extra right. money. Um, you know, Quick and I talked about when mm-hmm. well, she has me down to one time a month at the nail salon. Now, I do feel like eventually I will get to just the pedicure because I'm just not, I don't, I don't feel like I could do my own pedicure the way they do it. Maybe I could get to the point where I do my nails myself. We'll see. But now, so maybe for you, it's that. Like, you know what? I'm spending about $100 at the nail shop every month. There's Okay, I got $100 extra that I'm going to put towards the minimum payment. And then maybe February, it's, you know, I'm going to call the credit company and see if I can negotiate my interest down so that I can actually see a difference in the payment Mm -hmm. I'm making. So, you know, take the little chunks, and then that way you're seeing some progress you're making each month towards what it is you're trying to do. Instead of just like... I don't know. I got to have these 5000 off by my March. Right, yeah. right. Um, so I say that, or even like saving, the, you know, in the opposite, if you're trying to do that same kind of concept, like, mm-hmm. you know, each small, each month do something. It seems small, but it's in furtherance of your goal, you know? Mm-hmm. So let's talk about what the soft life is not, right? So we know the soft life, like you said, is you have to take steps to get to the soft life. So mm-hmm. the soft life isn't going to be easy. Mm-hmm. Um, to achieve right so just because um, you know you're like I, I want to attain a soft life it's not it's, it's I feel just like a not. soft life is ease but it's not easy right. it's not the same thing okay. um, and so to your point we talked about sacrifices whether it's your nail money whether it's saying that I'm going to for some people it's like maybe I'm going to pick up a little part time job that's still yeah. you're sacrificing more time because yeah. you're now doing a part time job to meet that goal you're going to have to make certain decisions that um, align with what you're trying to do and that I mean that means frankly you're going to have to say no to certain things yeah. Um I know you and I talk about, like, for me, one of the things that my big umbrella 10-year plan or whatever is, I like to work. I, you know, I'm not that chick that's just like, I don't, you know, I want to get this rich man right. and I work. <laughs> I would still be working in some capacity if I married a multi-millionaire. Right, like, so. I just, I'm going to do something. But... I want to have the attitude of, so if you've ever watched Everybody Hates Chris, Rochelle, she, it's a whole montage. Her husband, Julius, always has two or three jobs and he is super cheap. And so she is always quitting jobs when, as soon as something (laughs) upsets her, because she says, I don't need this. My man has two jobs. And so I eventually want to have enough going on passively, because to your point, if I'm, if I'm having to run 10 things, I'm not going to really enjoy what it is that I have going on. So I, you know, want to have enough passively going on, little streams that when I go into my nine to five, I can have that Rochelle attitude. Like at the end of the day, I don't need this. I got five, you right, know, right. job. I have these other things going on. Right. And not from the standpoint of acting stank or like not doing your job, but from th- that attitude of having that kind of financial freedom and leverage it it changes a little yeah. bit of how you, of how you move yeah. and it removes some of the anxiety around oh what if there's layoffs right. oh right. what if, you know this that and the third and so in furtherance of that 2023 one of my things is like okay let's make your first move towards some kind of investment and so i'm going to have to say no to you know certain expenditures i'm gonna have to figure out okay girl you want to do a heloc how you gonna you know there's gonna be certain moves that i have to make and part of that if you're investing or if you're gonna finance anything you gotta make sure your credit good like what you you know so those are the kind of things that you know to your point 
sacrifices are necessary for a soft life and those sacrifices are not necessarily fun yeah but you have to see you know the big picture right and I think a lot of times also when people talk about the sacrifices of soft life, they talk about sacrificing relationships, right? Mm. But it's always in this like cut off spirit. Like yeah. if they, you know, they don't, they don't serve me anymore. They, you, don't, you no longer serve me. Uh, cut I off. don't feel peace. Right. This is how my <laughs> soft life. You're not right. bringing me peace. Right, so I have everybody out here alone. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing to me. I think a soft life in a relationship is I am in something healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that means, that does not mean that there will not be conflict. Because in any relationship, you and I are sister friends and we've had conflicts. Yeah. Um, but what I do think it means is that when there is conflict, where there is contention, we are able to address this situation in a way where we're not disrespecting each right. other, where we're not going below the bell, where we're able to, if we need to, take some space to come back to the conversation and back to the conversation because sometimes clarity. Sometimes, Sometimes yeah, you have the same conversation a yeah. few times to figure out, you know, to actually get to a solution. And that is okay. Yeah. And yes. so I think that is what a healthy relationship looks like. Now, some people... Th- I don't want to say they thrive in it, but some people, <laughs> I don't know, if they don't have chaos, they feel like yeah. it's something wrong with the yeah. relationship or, oh, it's boring or whatever. But truly, a healthy relationship, you should not be activating your fight or flight. I'll mm. say it that way. <laughs> That's good. That is how I would define it. Not yeah. that there's not going to be, like, you're never going to argue or you're never going to disagree because that is not realistic. Mm. I mean, sometimes I make myself mad. Right, right, right. And I think, you know, it was important, like, when we were talking about, you know, like, I I know one of the issues that I had that you didn't even realize Mm -hmm. was there until we brought it up. And it was, you know, a point of conflict because I felt like you had a phone issue, right? With the phone thing. So... Lee would be around me, you know, and we would be talking, having our meetings, whatever. You know, we spent a lot of time together. Mm-hmm. And I'll stay on the phone, her family call, whoever calls, you know, she would pick up the phone. So I'm out of her presence and I call, I, you know, I always notice. And mm-hmm. as I'm saying it, I'm realizing mm-hmm. that happens to me too. Like now my phone dies, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But if I'm with you, my phone's probably not dead because it's on a charger, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? But so, but that was, grace wasn't extended in, mm-hmm. in the opposite way, right? So... You know, it was like, oh, well, it must be personal to me. Why she not answering my phone calls? Because, yeah. you know, but, we, you know, I, as we talked it out mm-hmm. and had the conversations, you know, we just had to use, you know, some of these expensive therapy tools <laughs> that we have that we That's have acquired. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, two, one of the ones that I like the most and you gave that one to me was mm-hmm. the story I'm telling myself. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So talk about that one a little bit. So I it has very much helped me in conflict because I tended to be and I still struggle with this. I'm not going to say I move Lord. I my default in conflict is to shut down. So once I feel like I'm not understood or I don't know how else to explain it, like I just want to be like, you know, forget it. Like that's where I go. And so instead, one of the things that my therapist taught me was in a situation where you feel misunderstood or there's assumptions being made, it might help to speak to that person and say, you know, when you didn't answer your phone, I noticed that your phone is readily available. You tend to stick close to your phone. And when you don't answer the phone for me, the story I'm telling myself is that it's something with me personally or that you're ignoring me right. or you don't value me as much. And then usually that person is going to step in um, because, you know, 
they love you. Right. And they're going to be like, <laughs> no, like I, I realize. And the other thing is like intent versus impact. So most of the time, again, these people that care about you, people do not intend mm-hmm. to be hurtful to you, to be malicious or whatever. Now, their impact may have been like that you were hurt. That but at least hurt, that yeah. person now understands why is she acting like that? Like Because they don't know the story or the narrative that you're giving this situation. Right. And usually that opens up conversations to at least understand, like, I didn't even realize, you know, I wasn't by the phone or I'll, you know, try really hard to, mm-hmm. you know, whatever um, and be present. I know that's one of the things I'm working on that does lead to me not picking up the phone as much is being more present yeah. because I hate when, like, people aren't present with me. So it's like you got to keep that same energy. Um, but, yeah, I definitely do think therapy contributes to a softer <laughs> oh life because gosh, yes. you're able to learn conflict learn resolution yeah. and even like a lot of conflict boils down to communication mm-hmm. it's not really the thing mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. how did y'all communicate about the about thing? the thing yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so you know I, I think the reason we brought that up because you know as you're talking about soft life and talking about relationships i think Sometimes we cut off relationships that should not be cut off mm-hmm. because we don't have the tools to communicate through that mm-hmm. through that discourse or whatever is going on. And the easiest thing to interpret it as, well, they're not for me. You know, I right. wouldn't be feeling this negativity if they were meant for me. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, boo, you get mad at yourself sometimes. Like, right. so having a whole nother person. Be sick of myself. Right. <laughs> So how could how could you not with a whole nother party, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, just having learning healthy communication, um, like you said. Now, if you're talking about, you know, yeah, you might have to come to a certain topic a few times, and yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean that person's not listening and they don't love you. Um, you know, as long as there's action steps. Now, if yeah. you're still talking about the same thing and they're like you know, dumb as a doorknob about it or ignoring you about it or walking away. You know, mm-hmm. you there are other things that come That's along different. with trying to, you yeah. know, have a conversation and you realize this person isn't receiving anything and mm-hmm. they don't care about your pain. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about those kind of situations, no. right? But you also have to bring yourself to the table and mm-hmm. how you're communicating to a person because sometimes you have to be able to take that step back, like you said, and realize, okay, I could have came at her like, girl, why are you always not? You know, it could have been very, right. you know, so you can't be popping off at people. Because then, it's already changing the dynamic yeah, of the conversation. Right. Like it's you said, it puts like, you into that fight or flight mode. Right. And so you can't expect a different response. You can't expect someone to come try to hold your hand and talk you through it and you popping off at them or you up in their face. Mm-hmm. So you have to, you know, check yourself too in the way you, you do the these communications that you're talking about. You want a softer life or relationships, you know, yeah. and just, you know, you check these cutoff spirits because some Sometimes I just feel like, you know, the devil is real busy and trying not to have people connect because, yeah. you know, that's that's just a lot of the way. Like, that's why depression and anxiety and all that stuff was so high during COVID because we could not connect. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So it's, it's meant to be you are meant to be connected to people, to friends, to family. You know, choose your family now. But, you know, you're meant to be connected. That's the way we are designed to be. So sometimes this cutoff spirit in and of itself can lead to you not having a soft life, even though you think that's the intent. Yeah. (laughs) It's not the impact. And to that, I would would summarize it as like effort over perfection. So even within my own like relationships, romantic or otherwise, if there's something that I've pointed out that like bothers me. Um, or something that someone has said I bother them. So one of the things that I've been working on is not perfect, but I try is like my timeliness because I am not an on-time person. I have just always been 15 minutes behind somehow. 
And so I have worked on trying yeah. to make sure <laughs> that I am on time or at least the times that I just still fail to let you know this is where I am right. and this right. is my ETA. Right. But and and same thing for if something, you know, whatever it is that bothers you. If you see that person trying that really, to me, says a lot about their intent with yeah, you. That like that person is just like, well, this is how I am, right, or yeah, whatever. Accept me for who I am, right? And by repeated conversations, I don't mean like I'm telling you the same thing multiple times. It's more so like those heavier moments mm-hmm. in life, right? When you're going through a rough patch or whatever. Like certain topics are so, I guess as people call them, like uncomfortable conversations. Mm-hmm. Certain mm-hmm. topics are so massive that you're gonna have to take them a chunk at a time. Um, you know, whatever your I can't think of an issue right now, like off the top of my head. But like certain topics just almost seem to have subsets right, or right. steps you got to work through. And that's what I mean by you might have to be working through that thing a yeah, few times. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And I think we we had talked about it. Uh, we had um, Todd on in one of the mm-hmm. episodes and he was talking about like unleashing everything at one time. Like mm-hmm. sometimes you just got to break those yeah. things down so you can try to resolve, yeah. you know, one thing at a time. Like you can't. Right. Just take the whole ball and be like, yo, let's fix it. Fix everything, you know. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, we hope, um, you know, in having this discussion, we've given you some, like, actual steps you can take to have a soft life. It kind of what it does not mean. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, with the quiet quitting, it don't mean you got to go out here and go to work with a a bad attitude or not do anything at all because you are being paid to work. But we're not, we are definitely telling you do not be stressing yourself and, Mm -hmm. you know, going just like that whole like you said work harder to in some settings you 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 do i mean you do have to prove yourself especially if you're coming in you know young like there there are certain things but sometimes you know when everybody's dumping stuff on your plate because they know you're gonna do it and they Mm -hmm. home Mm -hmm. so you know we hope we've given you some like actual steps to be able to try to create this soft life um to you know just do some self-care some self-assessment some goal setting and, you know, just take that into to the new year and see what kind of magic you can make happen. Yes, ma'am. Yes, yes. So, we are going to get into the listener letter at this point. Mm-hmm. Questions, comments, concerns, shenanigans. <laughs> you can find us at divaadvice at gmail.com. That is D-I-V-A-A-D-V-I-C-E at gmail.com. Diva Advice. All right. Today's letter goes, Dear Divas, I've been with my man for about two years now. Everything is great. He's thoughtful, kind, sweet, funny, and we spend a lot of time together, and I've never felt this way. Okay. (laughs) There's just one thing. I can't stand his kids. He has three, ages 8, 12, and 19. For the most part, the oldest is in and out as he's working and going to school. Mm -hmm. However, the younger two have no boundaries. They speak to me as if I'm one of their peers, especially the 12-year-old girl. The 4-year-old is just too grown and inappropriate. Conversation with the mothers are already strained when my man talks to them so I don't expect them to be any help and when I do say something to my boyfriend he writes it off as kids being kids Mm. while that's true kids will not necessarily be bad ASS kids so should I end things I'm clearly not their mother but what can I do to get respect would you date a man with young children and would you date a man with children by multiple mothers signed anonymous um Ooh. So I was so excited for you because <laughs> everything was great. Yes, 
<laughs> I was. Um, so I'll answer the easiest questions first. Yes, I would date a person with young kids because I have a young kid. So, of course, I'm not going to discriminate on that. By multiple mothers. I, I mean, I was engaged to a guy that had kids by multiple mothers. People can make I guess it depends honey. on every time multiple. More than what? <laughs> but I think a multiple is like a lot. Like... <laughs> I mean, in both of them, if you got two you with know, drama. back to that, two is a couple. <laughs> it's few. I mean, multiple is at least three, in my mind. Okay. Okay. Multiple mothers. Well, I feel like they bring a drama, two can feel like five. Like, yeah. it, it don't it don't matter. That's right. Um, she said she had, you know, barely had a kind of relationship with any of them, you mm-hmm. know. So, he has three. That's pretty much three relationships. She didn't say, like, she had a good relationship with any of the moms. So, you know, you're dealing with that already. Two of them are young. Mm -hmm. So, you're going to be dealing with that for a while. Yeah, 12 or 4. You got at least (sighs) that 4-year-old got about 14 years. Right. Like, that's that's a long time to be not getting along. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, 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 I'll say this. Kids are definitely raised different Mm -hmm. than we were raised Mm -hmm. growing up. You know what I'm saying? Like, a, a lot of these kids, and I will bring myself to the table, like, we don't have the whole... Uh, it's not said out loud, right? Kids need to be in a kid's place. Mm-hmm. Um, that kids have to go up into their room. They're not supposed to eat at the table with adults. Like there is this whole thing in the African American community where kids should be seen and not heard. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, and I grew up like that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I know what what that is to be in that kind of strict upbringing. You know you. Now, I do understand the whole not talking back thing or being disrespectful to an adult, but I do believe kids should be able to have a voice. I also believe that in certain situations, I don't think adults realize in that whole, you know, kids shouldn't, I guess, talk to adults in a certain way. Like if you're bringing toxic environment to a child Mm -hmm. a child is more than likely going to try to defend their safe space right Mm -hmm. so if they're used to you know when daddy was there this was all good and it was Mm -hmm. fine and you come in and now it feels more tense for them they probably are going to speak up because daddy thought it was fine you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying so Mm -hmm. there's probably a little bit more arguing between them that they're not used to hearing now you know again how they handle it is different but i do i can't see a child speaking up you know Mm -hmm. in those ways um but above all else when you have your child say yes ma'am no ma'am you know you in the south or whether they're mrs this or mr that you know i do believe kids should show respect to to an adult you're not my friend Mm -hmm. you know you are a child Mm -hmm. um you you know you're going to be treated as such but i do believe kids should have a voice Mm -hmm. now as far as how you can get respect from that if you have gone to your man Mm -hmm. and talked to you about it he doesn't have an issue you do not have a relationship with these kids mother so that's not even an avenue for you to get any kind of help. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I don't see how you're going to gain any kind of respect because you're not going to be able to get it from the kid if they're figures of authority, mom and dad, let them talk any kind of way or do any kind of thing because what they're going to see in that house, you know, it was one of the things in my house, like I cannot go to my dad, mm-hmm. you know, if my mom says something. Right. If my dad says something, you know, my mama couldn't go against 
Whatever they talked, we didn't see them talking, right? But they talked, you know what I'm saying? So there was no going back and forth between parents. But it sounds like in your situation, these kids know that that's exactly what they could do. Mm-hmm. They don't have to respect Mrs. Whoever, you know, because mm-hmm. their dad feels like this is okay. He's like, Well, that's fine, mm-hmm. let it happen, you know. So I think you should definitely pay attention to those things. And also, if you plan on, you know, you're saying things are going well, and you're probably envisioning as women do getting married, you're probably mm-hmm. envisioning having kids with this man. I will tell you now, the way you see him raising these kids is how he's going to raise your kid. Mm -hmm. Like, don't think it's because it's y'all that suddenly he's going to become this completely different daddy and have Mm -hmm. these completely different skill sets Mm -hmm. that he will have with your child that he doesn't have with that. So you pay attention. You know what I'm saying? We often try to do that, fit ourselves in. Well, it would be different if it was me. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, we often try to fit ourselves in, in, in those ways and try to change those things. So I would just be saying be very attentive to what you're actually seeing mm-hmm. pay attention to how it's making you feel yeah. and you know because i don't i don't see that dynamic changing if the support is not there yeah that's real yeah. um so i don't have any kids i'm gonna just <laughs> i bring myself you dated table. people with kids i right? have um would i date a man with young kids i am at the point where i would prefer not to date a man with children that are younger than school age. I'm just going to be honest. Was that five and below? Really about seven. Okay. Because I feel like, and it may or may not be true, but usually a lot of that drama, that back and forth, that are y'all still messing, a lot of that is resolved. It's true. <laughs> by age seven. I don't want, I, I don't, what they say, soft life and peace. That I don't true. bring that drama here. I don't have kids. I don't have, you know, some man in the background. I don't want him around my kids. Right. I don't, I don't bring that to the table. So I don't want that brought to me. And I honestly, I want, you know, those of you single moms that are watching, I want you to know from the other side of the table, when y'all t- say that thing about well, you don't want no, I don't want that woman around my kids. We okay with that? Like, <laughs> okay, unpopular opinion. It's fine. I'm just saying. I don't, like, say, I don't say it. Honey. I'm I was, just saying. I was praying for I'm someone to be saying, with like, to his father. So, that, but those, are the, but those are exactly the type of. See, you did a little different. Those are the type of women that we like. Child, not pressed to be around your kid. Like begging to be the second mom. Right. I got to be nice to this. This child might be bad. I got to be nice to this child. Like, come on now. Like, that's different than. I'm just gonna be real. The mamas that are like this, you, you on the other side, you pray for the mamas like this. Just, just you know, take care of my child. Nice to meet you. Mm -hmm. It ain't no problems. But all of that. We feel the same energy, like, girl, I am not pressed. So, I'm going to be real. I do not prefer <laughs> yeah. to, to date no man with, with kids seven and under. I also prefer, like like I said, I define multiple as like threefold mamas. Mm-hmm. I, it's not for me I because for me, that's a more likelihood of some headaches. I don't want it unless you have an airtight situation. <laughs> Where everything is flowing, I'm likely to be like, nah, I'm good on that. Because three, four mamas means at least three, four kids. And I, no. Um, in terms of this situation with the kids, I so I agree with Quick. I would say this. my I'm not sure the conversations that you've had and like we say about communication. I would be very clear with, with your man if this is still a conversation that you have not had about this is what respect looks like to me. 
these are the expectations because I'm not sure if you all live together or you're just around each other a lot. But if you live in that house, that's a whole different dynamic, too. Right. So this is how, you know, I define respect. This is what I would expect of children when they're like talking to me, if they're in the home, you know, that we share, what have you. And are you on board with this? Mm -hmm. Because as as daddy, you're the enforcer and they get in line and fall in line accordingly. Right. If he then is still not willing to be like, you know what, you're right. Let's I'm going to have that conversation and have it in front of you so okay. that it's not, you know, okay, let that be, be no clear. Doubt. Right. Um, then, yeah, you might need to consider, in that situation, I would be considering, like, this might be too much for me. This is, this is going to be a deal breaker. Mm-hmm. Because, yes, as I, you know, mid-30s, at this point, the men I date usually have kids. Mm-hmm. But I have not had a situation where somebody's child has come to me out of pocket and yeah, that, and you as that. the as the I, I almost said other woman but not like that you as the non-mom <laughs> you're always in a losing situation in that because oh, yeah. you're not mama so you don't unless dad pretty much gives you that authority of like this is miss so-and-so and you're gonna respect her as an adult and what she says goes and I mm-hmm. I, I second whatever she says there's no there's no winning that and no so way. To to your point too, if you all if you want kids with this man, like same thing, like that just I mean that just now is your kid. It doesn't change the dynamic of he seems to have a hands off kind of approach with the discipline, whereas you again seem to almost come from something like what Quick grew up in and what I to to an extent grew up in with as well is you don't book certain things with an adult. That's just not mm-hmm. that's not how that goes. <laughs> Um, and so I, I would definitely make sure if you have not already to have that clear conversation mm-hmm. and what respect looks like to you. And some examples, if, if little Miss Thang said X, Y, Z, you need to have an example. When she said this, I feel like that is unacceptable and blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, so, you know, hopefully that helps. Let us know how it goes. Hope you stay in love. Right. Diva advice at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. So that is it for this episode. Again, make sure you follow us on The Things. We are on Facebook and Instagram, Divas and Duckets. We are www.divasandduckets.com. Um, any tips, anything? No, I would just ask y'all to go to YouTube and subscribe if you've been a long-time listener. If you're a new listener, um, just go to YouTube and subscribe. You can see us on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if you are listening in on Apple or um, Spotify yep. and you love what you're hearing, make sure you send us reviews, send yeah. us comments. We love to hear from y'all and reply to you guys. So, um, yeah, just take out the new year. Be safe, guys. Yes. Be yes. safe. We don't want y'all to need any attorneys and visit any magistrates over the new year so um (laughs) yeah in the meantime in between time have a great attitude all right bye